We just wanted to take a morning to just share a couple of things from a recent trip. For those who might not have been aware, the pastoral team, so that's three of us who are in employment here at the church, have just been on a trip to the US and I'll give you a brief overview of what that's all about. And we just wanted to come and to just share some stories. But maybe the link is this. This is a book of stories, isn't it, of God's faithfulness, His goodness. So for those who are itching to get to a scripture, we may or may not get there. We'll mention some scriptures, but we really just want to have a morning of just sharing and updating you as to some of the things that the Lord did for us personally and encouraged us in in terms of our church, our mission, and we'll see where we get to. Does that sound all right? Wonderful. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you as we sung that the sun is shining and that means it is a good day to come and to bless your name, to worship you, to gather as your people. And I thank you, Lord, that you've not only redeemed us from our sin, but you've redeemed us into a family, into relationship with you and into relationship with one another. So, Lord, I just pray as we just share a few things as family this morning, Lord, that your grace would be upon our hearts and our lives during this time. That, Holy Spirit, you give us listening ears. You give us a receptive heart to hear what it is that your Spirit is saying for us. Just help us to lift our eyes where we need that assistance to look to you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercies that are new each and every morning. And I pray even now, just allow that sense of your goodness, allow that sense of your presence that Jesus, you promised, as we gather together in your name, there you are in the midst of us. Just allow your goodness to rest upon us. Still the voices and the noise and the distractions that so often come against us. We're here for you this morning, Lord Jesus. Here to seek you and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, we've just come back from a trip. And I, I mentioned to someone at the earlier service, I said, we've been away. And I said, oh, have you been away? Didn't even notice. I take that as a, well, they've been away themselves, I think, and I know some of you probably have on school holidays, but I take that as a, a compliment that everything here back home has been looked after, and I particularly wanted to just thank you, uh, to thank the um, office ladies, wherever they are, as Nicole and Christelle, she's still here, she was here. Can we thank them? They flew solo for a couple of weeks. I haven't heard about any major issues, but I hold my breath for Tuesday when we get back in to the office. But as far as I'm aware, everything went smoothly. And also Peter, who preached the last couple of weeks. We thank him as well. I heard they were just really good times, good messages. So thank you to you personally for that. Just wanted to publicly acknowledge you. Meanwhile, the, uh, the rest of us, the pastoral team, was overseas. And for those who didn't hear the brief blurb the Sunday before we went, there was a couple of things in particular that we felt like the Lord had put on our hearts to be a part of going back earlier this year and probably the stirring really last year and, and beyond. But just looking to be intentional in this season that we're in, seeking the Lord's direction. I mean, it's always good to step out when you feel that nudge from the Lord saying, you're to go here or to do this. But the two things in particular, and then there were some others that the Lord opened up, was to be involved or a part of as attendees, a conference in Los Angeles. So that was a, a larger size gathering. 
and then to head up to Bethel Church, which I know. How many of you have been to Bethel Church? Because I know there's a number of people here. I don't want to repeat. Not very many. You can put your hands up now. You've been up there. Okay. So how many of you know about Bethel Church? Okay. We're at least we're on the same page. We know what that's all about. Good. Wonderful. So the conference was good. It started, uh, we got overseas on the Tuesday. And what I'll do is just give you a, a very quick, hopefully, overview give you a bit of a grid for where we went and what we did and then the other pastors are going to jump up and just share a couple of testimonies about things that the Lord did personally and hopefully if we have time just share a few things that we've been stirred about in terms of what the Lord's saying for us as a church so it's not just us sharing about things the Lord's done here but there's been a number of things that we've been encouraged by that we've been stirred by in terms of the Lord's purpose and his plan for us as a church. I was just stirred on the, the bus after a long flight and I was trying to stay awake on the bus ride to Canberra, but just really stirred as we got within sight and the border of the ACT. Just that stirring, not just that happiness to be home, although we were, but you know what? I really just feel like this is the Lord's time for our city and our nation it was almost that, to use a very overly spiritually used word, just that, that pregnancy, that thing of the Lord saying that this, this is our time. This is our time. He's, he's got a lot of things for us. <clears throat> so the conference at LA was good. And as I said, we went with really no other agendas. Who knows, it's sometimes dangerous to go with agendas because the Lord's usually got different things in store. And this kind of set the scene for me a little bit. But the very first night of the conference, we were there. And even though you go with no agendas, you kind of think, well, I do have an agenda anyway. You know, you know that one? So I was standing there. I'm like, oh, it's so good to be in worship. Lord, here I am. I'm just here. You know, I just need your anointing and just fill me up and do whatever you need to do. Make me famous. It's all about me. I'm sure no one else prays prayers like that. And so I was there, very first worship time, halfway through worship, and I got a tap on the shoulder from someone behind me. And I thought, who on earth is tapping me on the shoulder? I tried to ignore it, but this person tapped again. And I turned around, if nothing else, just to get them to stop tapping me. And there was a lady in the row behind me, and she said, this is a big conference. I don't know how many thousands of people there were, stadium-type environment. She taps me on the shoulder, and she said, the Lord's given me a word for you. And I thought, oh, great. I'm just here to worship. And I got some crazy lady behind me tapping me on the shoulder. So I said, all right, if nothing else, just to get her off my back, give me your word. And um, it, was a, it was a very strange word. It wasn't, I'll say up front, it wasn't a particularly encouraging word in the moment. But she said, as you're worshipping, I saw this image of a turtle. I thought... <laughs> great. I like where this is going. This is sounding encouraging and edifying and uplifting. And, and she said, uh, long story short, it's something along the lines of, you know, turtles, they have this strong shell. And in the natural, you look like someone who's strong. I said, okay, well, that's all right. And yet turtles, they use their strength as something to hide behind. The moment they're threatened, the moment anything happens, they just retreat into their shell. And then that was the word. And she sat down. And I thought, thank you very much. <laughs> don't know whether to say thank you or to lay hands on you. I did, uh, I'll have to say I did in, in future um, sessions because you had assigned seating. I made sure someone else was sitting in front of her. And in fact, on the last session, Adam got the tap on the shoulder in the middle of worship. 
And I, if I'm perfectly honest, I sort of listened in a little bit. I thought, oh. And then he gets his word and it was all about, you know, the Lord's anointing you and it's going to be this. And so it became a bit of an ongoing saga, didn't I? I got the turtle. I'm convinced that the Lord just, you know, it was the right word, but the wrong night, the wrong seat or something. But the Lord really did uh, challenge me in the midst of that, in all seriousness. I was there for possibly what I thought was the agenda. And then the Lord was saying, no, there is some stuff that I want to deal with in your heart. So without going into details about what exactly those things were, um, we may in future weeks. There was that sense of the Lord just surprising us with different things all the way along. And there was a degree of uncomfort. And I'll share some other stories about that in a moment. So we did the conference in LA. We managed deeply spiritual moment. We made it to a baseball game, Los Angeles. That was high on Adam's agenda. And it was at the, I don't know if this is spiritual or prophetic, but it was at the Angel Stadium. We saw the angels play. We were entertained by angels. I'm convinced baseball must be deeply spiritual somewhere. But that was fun. We experienced the American food and expanded. It was an expansive trip, shall we say, in more ways than one. Headed down to San Diego to uh, do a weekend of services at a church, Foothills Church, which uh, my wife and I connected with four and a half years ago when we were in the US. Great church, and particularly they've got this heart for reaching the lost in their city. And they had this, this great thing that's always stuck with me because they're in a very troubled part of San Diego and the Lord called them there to plan a church, but particularly with the view to outreach into their local community. So disadvantaged kids, kids who are struggling, kids from broken homes. And yet they, they had this thought as the Lord called them and they say, well, the Lord's called us to outreach, but we, we have this awareness that we cannot bring these kids into a church environment. I mean, we pray for it all the time, don't we? We say, Lord, bring in the lost. We want to see the lost saved. We want to see them encounter your grace. And they said, well, it's one thing to pray it, but if we bring them in, it's not going to be good for the kids or for the church. It's not going to work. And so we need to have something that's a halfway place where we can meet these kids in their environment and disciple them with the view of, obviously the view is to have them come into the church and so they've started up these youth centers and it's gone I wouldn't say global but it's certainly gone to a few other countries this particular ministry they're involved with all the way through Africa and I think the statistics were I'll get it totally wrong but it's hundreds of thousands of of um, different kids going through their programs in different nations so the Lord's really blessed it but it was a challenge and it was inspiring <clears throat> we also caught up and in San Diego with Mark Dupont, who many of you would know, he sent his love and his regards and he's hoping to possibly be with us in April of next year. So we'll see how that develops. We then headed from there up to Bethel in Reading, which is kind of the north, northern area of California, to a church there. I've been there once before, four and a half years ago, and um, Adam and Catherine hadn't yet been there. So it was great to be part of their services. And we actually had quite a few opportunities. There was a, a real sense of favour, I think, upon us whilst we were there, just in terms of connecting with people. So we met, which we planned in advance, with the guy who directs their worship. Paul McClure is his name. Had a meeting with him, talked worship stuff. And in fact, he said to us, he's like, oh, we've actually got this worship leaders gathering. It's all the Bethel crew plus a few other worship leaders from around the city. If you guys would like to come along. 
And Adam was like, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. So we went to, uh, was it Brian and Jen Johnson's house? And I called my wife and I said, oh, we're going over to Brian and Jen Johnson, who you may or may not know, they're the head of the worship at Bethel, going over to their house for a worship leaders meeting. And she said to me, this is true on the phone, she's like, oh, that's amazing. Can you take a picture of the house? I said, all right. So I, I sort of took a sneaky, sneaky picture. But it, was, it just was a wonderful experience to kind of see their hearts and to be in a room with uh, worship leaders. We sing their songs every Sunday. Um, and so all the crowd was there, and they were very friendly and welcoming. I think Adam's going to talk a little more about that. We then met with the guy who is the head of what they call the Global Legacy, so that's their um, international network of pastors and leaders. And then on the Sunday, we also met with Eric Johnson from Bethel, who is the, uh, they call him the senior pastor of the church, the local church is kind of his heart. He was a lovely guy, had a lot of time for us, prayed for us. And there was a lot of good moments in all of those different events and meetings. There was good moments, there was some good personal ministry, and there was good connections. And actually, it was a really good trip from the point of view of just the pastoral team. We've never done something like that. So I think we did pray on the Sunday we left that we would survive each other's company for a couple of weeks. But more than survive, there really was a, a, um, a gelling of us together. And I think you go on a trip like that, uh, whether it's a mission trip or overseas, and you do. You're living in each other's pockets, so you see the best and the worst of each other. And it it just was, it was a real privilege traveling with these guys. We had a great time and the Lord did some good things. So I think these guys are going to share a bit. And then if we have time, I might share something at the end, but that gives you an overview of where we went. And then we're going to just share about some of the things that were of note. Who's first? Catherine? Good morning. I'm going to try and be, I I went a bit too long. You know, girls like to give a bit more detail than boys. I'm going to try to stick to their headlines as much as I can, but it's challenging. And it's also challenging when you have a little bit of um, travel jet, jet lag brain. So bear with me. I have jotted a few things down just to keep me on track a little bit. Um, So this was, um, for me, really a trip that was about responding to the prompting of the Lord um, and being obedient to what he asked us to do. I had a great deal of excitement about going with some of the things that we had planned, but just was really aware all along that for us um, as a church, there was um, obviously a physical cost, but also a cost of releasing your three pastors for two weeks to actually be away There was a cost to our families who then actually had to manage without us while we were away for, you know, really best part of two and a half weeks when you add the travel days in and and a cost to us, you know, personally. Um, And I didn't really know exactly what to expect. It it had been a very clear leading from the Lord to go. Um, and, And as Andrew says, you try not to have an agenda about those things, but in reality, as people, we do we, you know, subtly end up with some uh, expectations. Um, But really my prayer was that I wasn't going for information. That wasn't the purpose of this trip. 
the purpose of this trip was encounter and a, the deposit of whatever the Lord wanted to do in me personally, in us as a team, and to deposit in us what he had for us as a church in this season that we're in. And so as I've reflected, particularly since I've been back um, just over the last couple of days, I am convinced that this was a significant trip not necessarily one that we will see all the immediate effects of, but that there will be a flow-on effect, well, certainly in my life personally, but for us um, as a church family. I would say that for me, there were no obvious, incredible, life-changing encounters um, or even tangible direction and instruction, no sky riding of when you go home, you must do this, that or the other. Um, I mean, I've had trips like that in the past where actually the encounter has been significant and quite different to what I have experienced before. This I didn't experience that on this trip. But what I'm really aware of is just a real inward preparation that the Lord is doing in me and I believe in us as a church family. I certainly experienced the presence of God many times, but one of the things that we reflected on together was that um, we've experienced the presence of God more strongly and more significantly here in our own church than we did in the time that we were away. And that's not downplaying what God was doing at all. But I guess I want to encourage you, you know, God, God is here. God is working in our midst. And we actually don't have to go anywhere special to encounter him. And, um, and that was a really good reminder for me. I, again, I didn't think that I had that agenda, that I had to go somewhere special for that. But just to recognise, even just this morning in worship, just the sense of his presence here. You know, we are, we are blessed. And just to know God in his fullness here. So I did have a couple of days in the middle of the trip of wrestling with a kind of a lack of what I felt was tangible results. Um, I'd obviously kind of got to the point of thinking that God might do things in a certain way. But a lot of this trip was about challenging my preconceived ideas um, about how God works and moves in our lives. That Peter said to me this morning, it's good to go away sometimes because you get a different and a fresh perspective. And that was definitely the case uh, for me personally. Um, and... I guess there were a couple of things that God used particularly in my life while we were away. One is just being stepped away from the normal routine, the routines of family life, the routines of um, my role here at the church, just to actually get a little bit of um, space. But as um, Andrew has certainly said in the past, I am a very practical person and I like routines. I value predictability. Um and so one of the ways that God works in my life is often to work when I'm out of my comfort zone and just feeling uncomfortable. And um, that was no different on this trip. You know, even just small things like the practicalities of different food and different culture and um, driving on a different side of the road, although I didn't actually drive, but, you know, remembering to get into the passenger side on the right side and giving, I'm, I'm actually directionally challenged at the best of times, but you add driving on the different side of the road and that makes it a little bit difficult. Thank goodness for GPS and iPhones. Um, 
and just being away from my family, I just found that God in his goodness used that opportunity to really challenge me on a number of things. The first one was that I felt really challenged about my attachment to comfort. That, um, And I, I really what I felt him say to me is, you saying a full yes to me is rarely going to be predictable, comfortable or routine. And so I felt challenged by that. You know, am I... Am I all in even when I feel uncomfortable and it's not predictable? And then what I also found is that as a result of just feeling uncomfortable, he began to expose in my life things that I believe, lies that I was believing. I I didn't get a turtle word, but but I, I didn't need a turtle word. He was on my case. And I, I mean, I don't know about you, but when God is working in my life to expose things, I am triggered. And that's really difficult when you're away on the road with two people who you're very fond of, but normally don't get to see that ugly bit of you because you actually get to go home and be ugly with your family instead of ugly with your colleagues. And so. I, it was so uncomfortable. I'm like, I just, I've got, I've got nowhere to hide. Like I'm feeling uncomfortable. But who knows, and I want to encourage you that, you know, when God stirs up those things, it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose of freedom. And so then he began to go after those things in my life. And whether it was just in presence, in worship, or in a time of prayer that we had together, and indeed at one time, the a, a prophetic word from a complete stranger who knew nothing about me and it was felt like she'd read my mail to just remind me that God is in the business of transforming my life and of bringing freedom to me in areas that actually in the day to day I wasn't particularly aware were there so for me that alone made this trip worthwhile you know, sometimes we can receive things right where we are and sometimes we actually just have to respond to the prompting of the Lord. And for me, that for this time, that happened on the other side of the world. And then I just wanted to share just a couple of things with you corporately. Sorry, too much detail. Um, and I, I guess the first thing for all of us was that we didn't, we were really encouraged by how consistent the things that were being spoken and the things we were hearing um, in our whole trip were really consistent with what God has been speaking to us about this year. Um, that was just such an encouragement to us. And again, I guess over time we might unpack a little bit more of that um, with you. But um, I just... I just felt the really reassurance of the Father um, that as we listen to him and as we incline our ears to him, that we're on the right track. And um, we received one specific word that um, a, a woman at Bethel Church, a fairly prophetic woman, uh, prayed over us one evening. And she gave us words individually, but she also prayed for our church and the picture that she saw was a stake being driven into the ground and the glory coming up from this stake. And 
what she said is that the glory will spring up and, and it will overflow and the territory that, of the Lord will increase in your city. But everything you need is in your hands. And in fact, when I went home and wrote this word out, I didn't remember that part. And then in worship the next day, the Lord reminded me that bit's important. Everything you need is in your hands. And I was thinking as I was writing this down yesterday, it's funny to go all the way across the other side of the world to receive the encouragement that everything that you need is in your hands. But um, I, I think we will, we will as a team and I think as a church pray into that a little bit more and just see what God's saying. But that everything, God will give us everything that we need for this next season is his promise to us. And then during worship... Um, in one of the services that we were in, again, just a really strong impression or a picture that the Lord gave me. And I just wanted to share that because, again, I think it just as a picture of the season that we're in. It was a picture of a really large sailboat. And I, I, I say a large sailboat mainly just to make clear that the sail on this sailboat was also quite large and took more than one person to hoist and the the sail was being hoisted, so the, the the boat wasn't in motion yet. The sail was being hoisted, and I asked the Lord, "What's that about?" And He said, "That's the season you're in as a church. You're hoisting the sail." And what I felt Him say is, "We can't control the wind." In John three eight, it says. Um, the wind blows wherever it wishes. You can hear it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. Talking about the wind of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and living a Spirit-filled life. And so we don't control the wind, but I feel that the invitation we have from the Lord at the moment is as we prepare ourselves and hoist the sail, that we will catch the wind of His Spirit. And I just want to leave you with one last question. And this has been, I guess, a theme for me through this whole trip. And that is the question the Lord's asked me. And so I ask you, in this season, are you all in? Are you all in? You see, this next season... And this, I felt, played out in the practicalities of our trip. This next season is going to be gloriously awkward, uncomfortable, uncontainable and messy. So are you all in? All right, well, let me just share a few things uh, in the time that we have left. But first of all, I just want to thank and acknowledge Andrew and Catherine. Uh, it's just a real blessing and privilege to work alongside them, but also to do life with them. It was a wonderful two weeks away. So can we just honor, honor them this morning, um, their leadership and... Also, just want to honor our families. As Catherine already mentioned, you know, there's cost in releasing us. So for Justin and the girls and Ali and the girls and Steph, who's out with the kids and the boys, um, just want to thank and honor them for releasing us to, to go and, I guess, uh, do what we felt the Lord had 
asked us to do at this time, but also I just want to honor you as a church, as church family for releasing us, uh, the pastors, to go uh, and respond to the Lord. So thank you all, and thank you for your prayers as well while we were away. Um, you know, they were appreciated through over 2,000 miles of driving in the two weeks we were there, and in LA traffic, it certainly brings you closer to Jesus. So... <laughs> Yeah, like, like Catherine said, for, for me, this trip, I guess, was kind of responding in obedience uh, to what I feel like the Lord had put on my heart, on our heart earlier uh, in this year. And sometimes when you go, you know, you don't always know. When you respond in obedience, you don't always know what that might look like. Sometimes you have an idea or a sense of expectation. Um, but I feel like the others have already mentioned that this trip was significant on a number of levels, uh, for me personally, for us as a pastoral team, and for us as a church. And so, personally, um, there was a couple of dreams that I'd had, and then a couple of, or a few words given to me by different people throughout the time there that really were encouraging, um, personally, because they were kind of consistent over the time, but also consistent with what I feel like the Lord's been saying and putting on my heart over the last little while. So that's always a good thing um, when, you know, someone's speaking prophetically into your life and it kind of already matches up with what what the Lord's speaking to you about. And so um, there's just a a few things I I guess I want to share and encourage us in, hopefully that we can all take something from. But just before I get there, Andrew mentioned the... um, the opportunity that we had to go to the um, worship leaders meeting uh, through Bethel Church there. And that was, uh, you know, just a really great opportunity, something I'm so thankful for. But um, what was encouraging to me about that was just to see, kind of be in that environment and just see the, the culture of honor there, the way they do community, the way they're trying to reach out and, and I guess connect with other churches in the city and spur them on and encourage them in what the Lord's doing there. And, you know, we sing their songs most weeks here and, and the, the ministry um, and the, I guess the, the Bethel worship kind of movement has really personally inspired and encouraged me so much in my own journey of worship. And so to see, I guess, um, and meet some of those people and, and just see that the, the, the way they live actually matches up to the songs that they're writing and singing. Um, that was something that was really uh, just uh, significant, I guess, and a blessing for me. So just three things, I guess, to encourage us in the time that we have left. And I could really talk for ages about uh, the trip and what the Lord was doing. But over there, um, driving around, they don't have giveaway signs as we would have them. They, they're yield signs. It says yield on the road, yield on the signs. And um, that was something, I guess, that throughout the trip we kept noticing, obviously because it's different than here and you're concentrating a bit more when you're driving around in a foreign country. But it was almost like the Lord is highlighting that particular word as something that was actually significant for us um, and for us as a church at this time. You know, when you give way or when you, when you have to yield to what's on your left, I think, over there, um, you know, you don't want to get in the way of what's coming. You yield, you surrender, you, you let what's coming through. And in the same way in our lives, like, I don't want to ever be in a place where it's like, no, I'm going to have it my way. I'm going to push in here. I want to be in that place of, Lord, I, I yield to you. Lord, I give way to you, to whatever it is that you want to do in and through me. So yield, that, that was an important thing. 
for, for us, I believe. Secondly, we, we had a day uh, in Reading um, where we actually caught up with Adeline Pfeiffer, which was, uh, she's over there doing the School of Ministry. It was great to see her and catch up with her. And we went out to a place called Whiskey Town Lake. I was quite intrigued by the name. Um, but it was just a beautiful lake, mountains, um, just wonderful scenery. And, and we went up to this um, waterfall that was just nearby. And uh, just beautiful, picturesque waterfall. And so Andrew and I had climbed up to kind of the first level of the waterfall. And I was there sitting at the top and the water's kind of going either side of me, just really enjoying um, the beauty of the surroundings, but sitting there at the top of that waterfall. And Andrew, of course, went off exploring higher up the hill. And he came back down and he said, Adam, you've got to come up. There's this incredible waterfall up here. There's this beautiful pool. Like it's, it's a bit of a climb, but it's worth it. And so off I went following after Andrew. And, uh, you know, it was a bit of a climb. There was slippery rocks. There was a section you almost had to abseil up to get to it. But once we got to the top, man, it was, it was worth it. This beautiful, pristine pool with this waterfall that was just, it was just glorious. It's hard to kind of uh, do justice in trying to describe it. But as I walked around and just stood next to this waterfall, I had this moment with the Lord. And I was standing there and I could feel some of the spray off the side of this waterfall. And uh, I was like, Lord, you know, I don't want to just be in this place of just getting a little bit of the spray or the mist of your goodness or of your presence or of what you have for me personally, but for us as a church as well. Lord, I want to be jumping in right under the, the roar of your waterfall where the waterfall of your love and of your presence and of your goodness crashes over me. And I feel like there's something in that for us as a church. Let's not be a people um, who kind of are content to just stand there admiring this waterfall of God's presence and glory and goodness and kind of just get a little bit of the spray every now and then. Let's be a people who actually step in. And as I was watching the water crash into this pool, like it's, you know, it's churning and it's powerful. And so as Catherine was saying, um, you know, it might not be all that comfortable standing under at times the roar of the waterfall, but it's a place I believe the Lord is inviting us to step into. And just one more thing, um, on uh, one of the time, on the Friday night service at Bethel in, in worship, there was a song that we were singing about, you know, surrender and laying it all down. And um, at one point in the song, I just felt overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord. And it was like this response in my heart, you know, even before I could necessarily think about it, I just said, Lord, I'm all in, as Catherine was saying, I'm, I'm all in, Lord. And um, almost straight away, I got this picture, and you'll have to excuse uh, this picture, but it was of, um, you know, a poker table. I'm not condoning gambling or anything like that here, but that sense of, you know, when you have a good hand, or even if you don't, but you, you bluff, you know, I'm all in, all in. You put all your chips in. And there's that sense I felt in this picture as well, like there were people there and, you know, they were checking, which basically means they're comfortable. They don't want to raise, they don't want to step out, put any more money in. It was like they're comfortable just kind of with the status quo. And uh, I felt like in that, you know, it's not a season to be happy, to be comfortable and, and just check and take the easy option, but to be like, Lord, we're all in. And of course, that takes risk, that takes faith, but I believe um, there's that invitation and he'll meet us in that place 
and as we give our yes to him, our wholehearted yes, that uh, it will go beyond um, whatever we could hope or imagine or think of. So there are just a few things that I'm hoping uh, have encouraged your hearts this morning. And like I said, I could go on for a lot longer, but uh, time doesn't permit me to do that. So I'll hand it over to Andrew to wrap it up. And uh, thanks, Matt. I just want to uh, share one final thought. And as we've all said, I've no doubt that we'll share other things in coming weeks. And then we just want to give opportunity to pray for anyone and everyone who would like prayer this morning. But um, here's the final thought. Are you ready? You got capacity for one more? One thing I always love about traveling, not necessarily overseas, but just any situation that gets you outside of your daily routine is it gives you fresh perspective. You get a fresh view and a fresh understanding and a fresh perspective on life. And it was an interesting time to be in the U.S. And I love the U.S. deeply, deep affection for the United States. But we were there between the second and the third hurricane, which I'm sure you heard about. And in fact, when we landed in Los Angeles, the second of the two earthquakes in Mexico City had just happened and they were redirecting flights. And obviously we're down the south of of uh, California, so whenever an earthquake happens that close, there's a lot of fear that's associated with that. And then for one of the weeks, I forget if it was the first or the second week, there was a big drama. It was in headlines, and some people at the early service said they, d- they saw this in the news over here. Others said they didn't. With the NFL, which is the American football, kneeling during the national anthem, and that just absolutely caused all this unrest about is it appropriate, is it, is it not appropriate. So you could sense just the division within the nation. And then a couple of days before we left, they had, of course, the largest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. I mean, this is a two-week period and all of these different things happening. And you could just sense, both in the, the church services we were there, but you could sense the, uh, the uncertainty and the, the fear and just the, the weightiness of issues surrounding that nation, be it internal division, be it some of the external natural disasters that, that have been, and I think they're facing a, a fourth hurricane that's setting its sights on the U.S. as we speak. And I just, as I was there, I'm saying, Lord, what, what is it that's going on? Because it's not just the U.S., of course. There's issues in our own nation that we've faced and elsewhere around the world. And I had this strong sense from the Lord as I've sensed all this year. And I really feel, you know, there's no coincidence about some of the things that are, are happening around the world. In fact, Hebrews proclaims that everything that can be shaken will be shaken, so that what cannot be shaken will remain, which of course is the unshakable kingdom. But I I really feel it's interesting, isn't it, that in a season where I feel like there's been more promises personally, promises for us as a church, promises for our nation, promises just for what the Lord wants to do in the earth, in our days. It's just almost been this season that's been so pregnant with the promises of God, and yet it's been in the midst of problems. It's a little bit like the, the best picture I can think in Scripture is the, uh, the nation of Israel. As the Lord said and gave them a promise, you will enter into the promised land. I'm with you. It's yours. And yet what's the first thing that they encounter? They send the spies and they come back and they say, well, we've got a, we've got a world of problems. 
there's giants, there's difficulties. And it's kind of like the promise is given with the problems or an awareness of the problems around. And I preached on this actually the week before we went, that we're so good at making the problems our focus, building a theology around our problems, responding in relation to the problem. And in fact, I think we've got to be so careful because I think many Christians are actually proclaiming the problems over our nation. We've bought into, we're empowering the problems that are all around us. And the Lord, I believe, in this season is looking for people who get a hold of His promise. We're not called to just respond to the darkness and the issues around. We're called to proclaim the kingdom. And He is saying, this is a new season. I have things that I desire to do in our church, in our nation. And He's looking for a people who will build their lives around His promise. We are the promised people. There was one phrase, I forget who said it, someone at one of the churches or conferences, and it went like this, we cannot afford to be more impressed by the darkness than we are by the light. We have the light. And it's our prayer that God would break through, and he's going to break through. So I give you that encouragement. We'll share some more things in coming weeks. But can we stand? I want to pray for us. And then I want to invite, we just had a great prayer time in the early service. Something that that I was aware of during the trip is just the importance of responding to the Lord and being in a place where you receive prayer and just allow the Lord to do what he needs to do. It won't be a long prayer, but Jesus, as he sends out his disciples to minister, he says, freely you've received, freely give. And I always love that picture of the kingdom, that anything we're given, it's not just for us. It's not so we can say, wasn't that nice, the three pastors, we had this trip and we enjoyed it. No, freely we've received so that we can freely give. And we're all feeling, in spite of jet lagged, we're feeling filled up. We're feeling refreshed. We're feeling ready to go to just press in for what the Lord has for us. So we simply, for anyone who'd receive it, want to just come and lay hands and just bless you with all that we've received and bless you with all that the Lord has for you. So that's the invitation this morning. I know it's very general and I don't mind if that's one person or if that's all of us. But do not leave this place without hearing that opportunity just to come forward and to receive from him this morning. And if there's someone who can play, that'd be great. Thanks, Beth. Good on you. So Lord, we just thank you for an opportunity to share some stories this morning. Thank you that you are a God of stories. Stories that tell us of your grace your goodness, of your power that's at work in our lives, of a God who never lets us go. You are good. Your goodness never fails us. It endures. And so, Lord, I just pray, even as we bring this time to a conclusion, Lord, that we'd go forth into this week, into the things before us, knowing that you're with us, knowing that you're for us, knowing that The plans and the purposes that you have are for a future and a hope. Just bless everyone here with a sense of your presence. And may we look forward to this week, this season, this year, with great expectation, great expectancy, for you are at work in our hearts and lives. We thank you for that. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.